0: Good morning everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. It is the Sabbath. Uh, it is the Lord's day. Uh, so it's such a, an honor to once again uh, introduce to you uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we always need to be reintroduced to the Lordship of Jesus Christ because there's so many facets, so many angles. it is inexhaustible, right? Um, yes. It is, in, what's the word, baby? (laughs) My wife taught me a new word. It's indefatigable. It's indefatigable. Yeah, it's indefatigable. So I said, "Wow, yeah, that's a that's a true, that's a true um, statement, a true term uh, for the presence of God in our lives. It is indefatigable. Praise the Lord." Uh, Anyway. with that in mind, let's turn back to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, I wanted to end on Luke 19 because Luke 19 is not a parable. <laughs> Luke 19 is a non fictional story about a man named Zacchaeus, precious Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus was uh, so poor, all he had was money. <laughs> um, you know, the reason that I wanted to close with the kids uh, Multiple reasons But one is that he is the embodiment of uh, The two parables we, we studied together right? The parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee that went to the temple He's an embodiment of that because he himself is a tax collector And he's about to get saved Okay, uh, he, He's also an embodiment of a rich young ruler That uh, is noted in a previous chapter, uh, he could not uh, let go of his riches because his riches had a hold of him. And Jesus said, give it all away and then follow me. But the rich man could not. Zacchaeus is not only a tax collector, he is a wealthy tax collector. And he's about to get saved. Zacchaeus is about to climb a sycamore sycamore tree, a humongous tree. Uh, he's about to act like a child, act a fool, to see who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus said earlier in Luke, uh, a couple chapters beforehand, that unless you have faith like a child, you will not see the kingdom of God. The so Caius is about to act like a child. And as we heard last night, uh, the kid is the lost sheep. He, ep- he epitomizes all these things. He embodies all these things. And that's why I want to close um, by looking at how much God loves Achaiaus. And this is how much God loves us. Uh, Francis Chan once said that uh, the reason that Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a wealthy person or even... Well, I mean, we're all wealthy compared to the rest of the world. We are. Uh, we're rich. Um, it's easier for... a uh, Camel to go through Avenue than for someone like us um, to enter heaven. Uh, he says, because um, suburbanites, you know, upper middle class, we are spiritually disadvantaged. We are more disadvantaged, uh, spiritually disadvantaged than, um, than uh, probably other uh, tax brackets, so to speak. Uh, so please keep that in mind. Um, but you know what? Um, I actually read something last night um, in the book, Mere Christianity, written by C.S. Lewis. And I just wanted to share this uh, before we look at the because, kids, um, because I really wanted to hit as many people as I can this morning uh, before we say farewell. In the book, C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity, uh, he makes a, a brilliant observation about gospel humility. Uh, at the very end of his chapter on pride. And uh, he says, if we were to meet a truly humble person, we would never come away from meeting them thinking they were humble. They would not be always telling us that they were a nobody, because a person who keeps saying they are a nobody is actually a self-obsessed person. The thing we would, re- the thing we would remember from meeting a truly gospel humble person is how much they seem to be totally interested in us. Because the essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. Let me say that one more time. Because the essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself, it is thinking of myself less. Gospel humility is not needing to think about myself, not needing to connect things with myself. It is an end to thoughts such as, I'm in this room with these people. Does that make me look good? Do I want to be here? It's an end to those thoughts. He goes on to say, True gospel humility means I stop connecting every experience, every conversation With myself. In fact, I stopped thinking about myself. The freedom of self-forgiveness. The blessed rest that only self-forgiveness brings. True gospel humility means an ego that is not puffed up but filled up. This is totally unique. Are we talking about high self-esteem? No. So is it low self-esteem? Certainly not. It is not about self-esteem. Apostle Paul simply refuses to play that game. He says, I don't care about your opinion, but I don't care that much about my opinion either. And that is the secret. A truly gospel humble person is not a self-hating person or a self-loving person but a gospel humble person. The truly gospel humble person is a self-forgetful self person whose ego is just like his or her toes. It just works. It does not draw attention to itself. The toes just work. The ego just works. Neither draws attention to itself. End of quote. just wanted to share it with you guys because um, there's just so many ways to process the gospel, right? And you can still hear the gospel and create a legalistic s- scheme and matrix. But I just wanted to put that into a relational format, uh, uh, what the implications of the gospel may mean for you as you proceed. In Luke chapter 19, let's look at this. It says that, it says in verse 1 that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because... He was vertically challenged. He was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come. To this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And I love this story so much, Um, just like I I love the parable uh, of the lost sheep so much. Um, But what I love about the story is how it opens. At the end of Luke, uh, at the end of Luke chapter 9, I believe it's verse 54, uh, Luke alludes to the fact that Jesus has his shoulders squared to Jerusalem. He's on his way to Calvary. Jesus was born to die, right? His mission is to die for our sins, but Jesus takes a detour. How many of us have flown? I presume most of us, if not all, right, you have flown, right? And sometimes it's not a direct flight. Right? It's on your nerves, right? <laughs> it's not a direct flight. There's something called a layover. There's a final destination, but there's a layover. Jesus has a final destination, Calvary, otherwise known as Golgotha. But he purposefully commits to a layover. Who commits to a layover? (laughs) I wouldn't commit to a layover. Jesus commits to a layover. He passes through Jericho. That's his layover. Jericho. Why? So he can grab some barbecue? So he can pick up an antique? So he can kiss his auntie goodbye? No. He took a layover to meet A wretched man named Zacchaeus. An abhorrent figure in the Jewish community. Why is he an abhorrent figure? Because he is a Jew stealing from Jews. Some of you guys may know that I'm from Baltimore City, and Baltimore City is like heroin central, right? Baltimore City, or as they call heroin, right? Um... Baltimore City uh, is just like no matter where you live, there's drugs. Okay, doesn't matter like how wealthy your neighborhood is, uh, because it's such a small city. Even if you go out to the suburbs, it's just so close to the um, everything is urbanized to some degree. It has urban elements, and so I grew up around drug dealers. Okay, and one of the things that uh, I, I discovered about drug dealers. Um, it's, it's a no-brainer, but it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, even, there, 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 there is honor amongst these. You know, there is some form of code. There is. And, you know, when you sell drugs, as an Asian person or a Korean person, it's almost okay to sell drugs to strangers, right? It's okay. You sell drugs to strangers, no big deal. Sell drugs to acquaintances. Um, as a Korean person, is. Maybe okay to sell drugs to Hispanic people, black people, white people, right? But then it gets a little sketchy when you start selling drugs to Korean people. It gets a little sketchier. And then you sell drugs. What if you sell drugs to your family members? Right? Your Harmony, (laughs) your your grandparents, or your uncle, right? Komobu and all them, right? That's like, whoa, dog, you know? That's a whole. Another level, <laughs> right? That's a whole another level, and so what Zacchaeus was doing as the chief tax collector was on a whole another level. He was scum. That would be a compliment in the eyes of the Jewish community to call him scum. You give scum a bad name, right? But the interesting about thing about um, the thing the thing is that as we see in the story. Uh, Zacchaeus is wealthy, he is rich But he realizes money don't make you rich Zacchaeus realized money don't make you rich You ever look at a dollar bill very closely Or a five dollar bill Even money tells you Don't trust me, trust God Because money says in God we trust (laughs) Right? You look at money, it says in God we trust Money even says don't trust me Trust God Money is a wonderful servant. This retreat is not possible without funds, without currency. Money is a terrific servant, but it is a terrible master. Money is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. The reason the rich man earlier uh, in in the Gospel of Luke could not give up his riches, there's nothing wrong with being rich, it's not evil or sinful, but when money has a hold of you, Instead of you having a hold of money, you're in trouble. When you're tethered to money. Uh, Back in the day when weed wasn't um, legal, (laughs) um, they used to say that weed is the gateway drug. Right? Weed is a gateway drug. But according to scripture, money is a gateway idol. It's a gateway idol. It shows you what you really, really, really love. If you love God, your money will show you that. Right, the way, you, the way you use your money, the way you spend your money, will say you love Jesus, you love the church, you love people. So even money is a gateway idol, that Jesus is your idol, that Jesus is your Lord, that Jesus is your treasure. Jesus said that where a man's heart is, there his treasure is also. So, this is not a shaming... Um, Exhibition, but take a look at your credit card bill, take a look at your transactions. It will, it, it will give you a, an indicator of what you really care about. It will It will, it will show you what you really care about, uh, what what consumes you, what, uh, what your appetite is for the world. Right. And so we see this, right? We see that um, it caused the a lot. It costs Zacchaeus everything to be rich. It costs him his dignity. It costs him his reputation. But maybe, maybe, I'm speculating here. The text tells us that he is short. Okay? The Bible just don't say stuff to just say stuff, right? The just, Bible just don't mention stuff just because. The Bible wanted us to understand that he is short. So when I put one and one together, I'm thinking, Zacchaeus... You have the the, the uh, disease of overcompensating, <laughs> and men tend to do that. They use money, they use big things, and big rims and big chains to overcompensate. Cause we're insecure. We're insecure. Money has a way of hiding our insecurities or making us think that they are no longer there. They don't exist. Uh, Pastor Jay talked about that yesterday with his father and his family riches that came to ruin. Um, speaking of the word ruin, that's what I want to talk about next, and that's what I'm just going to focus on for the rest of the sermon. Now, uh, what caused Zacchaeus to follow Jesus and give up his wealth, right? There's charity. He's fulfilling the Mosaic law of like, retribution and charity. Right, he gives half of his stuff away. Why does he only give half of his stuff away? Not all of it away. Because he got to pay all these people back he cheated. <laughs> right? So he, he gives half of his stuff away, and he, the other half of his money he pays everybody back. The people he cheated. okay? people he cheated. Because he's working for the Roman emperor. Ruined. This idea is um, interesting, because when you think of the word ruined... Um, it does bring a lot of ideas that, that um, like destruction, or uh, defacing, or uh, some type of decay, ruin. But in today's passage, when I say that decay was, was ruined by the riches of Christ, this is what I mean by ruined. Uh, when I was uh, in Houston, Texas for sabbatical, uh, sabbatical is just what pastors do to get some rest from ministry, uh, typically every seven years, uh, or on the seventh year. And I was taking a sabbatical in Houston, Texas, and there's a large Vietnamese community in Houston, Texas. It's humongous. And so, I love me some pho. Who likes pho, right? You ready for some pho now, I'm sure, right? Okay, so you love pho, okay? we friends. And so. Uh, I my friend Sang invited me over to his house. Obviously, Sang is Vietnamese, right? And uh, Sang—that's a Korean name too, actually. But Sang invites me over to uh, his house to have homemade pho. Homemade pho. Okay. And so I go over to his house, and his his wife and he have been cooking all day, right? They, I, this pho was delicious. all right? It was magnificent. Like somebody put their foot in it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It, it was it was divine, okay? Um, you know what? After I ate that pho, I couldn't eat pho again. I couldn't eat pho at a restaurant. I couldn't eat pho at a food court. I just couldn't eat pho like that again. It didn't taste the same. You know why? Because Sang and his wife ruined me. They ruined me. tasted the pho, and there was no turning back. And that's what Zacchaeus experienced. He tasted and he knew that God is good. uh, Psalm 34, 8 uh, talks about that. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Have you been ruined by the riches of his righteousness? Have you been ruined by the riches of his love? Have you been ruined by the lavish goodness and grace of God? Because unless you have been ruined, you will go back. You'll go back to the flower restaurants. <laughs> You'll go back to the hole in the walls. You'll go back to the dirty and unkempt places of dining. And these are all metaphors, but you get what I'm saying. Zacchaeus could not go back to his old life, could not go back to his old lifestyle, could not maintain his standard of living because he had been ruined by, the, by Christ. He had been ruined by his love. guys. When you think about the word poverty, I'm sure many images and many thoughts and connotations arise. But according to the Bible, poverty is not what you think it is. Poverty is not being penniless. Poverty is not bankruptcy. Poverty is not homelessness. According to the Bible, poverty is building your life on something That you were not made for. Poverty is what Pastor Jay was talking about. Pursuing something that's not going to ever happen. Poverty is loving something that doesn't love you back. Those celebrities you follow, the celebrities, the athletes I adore, they don't love me. You ever seen domestic violence? Or heard about it? I'm sure you've heard about it, but have you ever witnessed domestic violence? I have. It is heartbreaking to watch a woman or a man love fervently and constantly and not be loved back. That is poverty. They can live in a mansion. They can can own a yacht. But to be in a relationship where it's one-sided, That is poverty. See, money, career, family, children, these are all treasures of our hearts. And they say, give up your life for me. Jesus is the only treasure. Jesus is the only master. He is the only God, uppercase G, that gave up his life for you. All other treasures in life, Ruin you negatively. Destroy your soul. And say, lay down your life for me. I will never love you back. I will never really love you the way you love me. All other treasures in life. Even ministry. Amen? Pastor Wu Jin. even ministry. Oh, we love this thing, right? We marry this thing. They don't love us back. I see all my favorite hip hop artists like Wu Tang and, and Tri Call Quest and Nas and, and all these guys, right? They love hip hop. Hip hop, you the love of my life. The roots got a song like that. And like now they're old, they're old, like fifty, right? They love hip-hop. Hip hop don't love them back. You know, hip hop don't love you back. Whatever you're loving right now, it doesn't love you back. It's gonna ruin you. And I mean ruin you eternally. But the love of Christ ruins you. Ruins you to restore you. Because you were made for God. You were made for Him. One of the reasons why I think Zacchaeus was ruined, um, I'll try to wrap things up because I know we're getting late. One one way I know that Zacchaeus was ruined from the text is uh, his name. His name. My name is Ham Byung Yong. Right? It's hard to say. I could barely speak Korean. Right? Like, why you gave me that name? I can't even pronounce my own name. <laughs> 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 my name is Ham Byung Yong. Right? So, one time I was like, man, you know, um, nobody could say my name. That's how I got the name B. That's why people call me Pastor B. Because all my white and black friends were like, Bye. young? Boing? Bong? Be young? Don't be old? Right? So they just, they just, just, you know, yeah, they were, they were merciless, you know, right? With my name. And I would get traumatized every time uh, the, the, uh, the office, uh, my, my public school, the principal, somebody <laughs> would call me to the office, and my name would be shouted, right, to the intercoms. Then buy all ham, come to the office. And I'll be like, oh my God, right? Cringeworthy. You know, and uh, so people were like, yo, we can't say your name. We're just going to call you B. And I said, all right. And it stuck ever since I was like seven or eight. Just B. B. Well, I, I started getting curious. And I was like, man, what does my name mean? Right? I know ham is lunch meat. Right? <laughs> so we got that figured out. Right? so I was like, what does Yong mean? And my dad was like, it, it means dragon. And I was like, that's, that's cool, right? I, you know, I, I, like, I, like, I like Bruce Lee back then and Jackie Chan and all that, right? Jet Li, so I said, that's cool, dragon, right? I'm a dragon. And then I was like, but wait a second, what about Byung, what does Byung mean? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Byung, and so I asked my friend, like, you know what Byung means? They're like, bottle? <laughs> like, Your name means bottle? I'm like, I'd rather not. Okay, maybe. And they were like, oh, oh maybe it means disease. <laughs> right? Your name means disease. You're cancer. Um, I was like, all right, man. All right, th- them fighting words. Right? Them fighting words. So I said, you know what? Yeah, let's, you know, let's leave it pending. <laughs> we don't know. Right? It hasn't processed. Um, but, you know, the point is, Zacchaeus had a name, and his name means pure and righteous. His name means pure and undefiled. And last time I checked, he didn't live that way. He didn't live up to his name. And I speak to you guys because a lot of you have grown grown up in the church, and you're dealing with... Shame and guilt, I think, because you've been a Christian for X number of years, and you have not lived up to the name of Christ. And maybe your parents are elders or deacons, or maybe you're a pastor's kid or a missionary kid, and you have not lived up to your parents' name. You know, last time I checked, (laughs) no parent, no mother or father, holds their newborn baby and nestles them into their bosom and, um, and says, "Man, when you grow up, you're gonna be a thief, all <laughs> right? When you grow up, you're gonna you're gonna, pra- you're gonna practice terrorism or cause terror in our neighborhood." No, when Zacchaeus' parents held him as a newborn baby, they named him based on their spiritual beliefs. I believe God is pure and undefiled and my son will be like that. But he didn't live up to his name. He was a disappointment. He was a disgrace. But in Luke 19, it looks like Zacchaeus is seeking after Jesus, right? But the seeker discovers he is sought. And you know how Jesus calls him down the tree. You know how he does it? He calls him by his name. When I grew up in middle school and high school, if you were, if you were a certain kind of person, we wouldn't call you by your name anymore. We would call you two-letter words. We would call you four-letter words. We wouldn't even call you by your name anymore. I don't know if anyone really calls Zacchaeus by his name anymore. Because he was not worthy of that name. But Zacchaeus was called by his birth name. And through that birth name, he was born again. That is grace. That Jesus would even call him pure and undefiled. Zacchaeus, calm down that tree. I must stay at your house tonight. Because you know, Jesus is homeless. Jesus, but Jesus is not poor. He's not poor. Because he has a father. And he still has a home. Jesus is homeless because he said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He's homeless. But he's not poor. Zacchaeus is poor. Jesus is not. But Jesus got swag. Jesus, the only cat to invite himself over to people's house, <laughs> right? I'll stay in at your house today, Zacchaeus. Get the guest room ready, right? But what was he announcing to the world? What was he announcing to that crowd, which caused um, a lot of um, irked emotions? He's my friend. I took this detour, I took this layover to love him, to ruin him. And he ruined the kiss, I think, just by calling him by his name. What is in a name? A whole lot. You know how many people feel loved and blessed when I remember their name? And you know how many people feel dejected (laughs) and, and, and hurt when I don't remember their name? You know, it's so important to remember middle school kids and high school kids' names. You know why that's so important? Because that's all they have. They didn't finish high school yet. They didn't go to college. They don't have a job. All they have is their name. So when you forget their name, they're so hurt. They feel like nobody because they are. Without the name, you're nobody. You're nobody. And Jesus called them by name. And God, I'm going to tell you something about the name of Jesus and with our name. You know, there's no place safer for your name than the mouth of God. If everybody in this room knew what everybody else in this room was saying about everybody else in this room, wouldn't nobody be friends? Everybody in this room knew what everybody else in this room was saying about everybody else in this room. Wouldn't nobody be friends. I'm telling you. Your name is not safe in my mouth. It's not safe in your daddy's mouth. It's not safe in your mama's mouth. It's not safe in anyone's mouth. It's not even safe in your spouse's mouth. Your name is only safe in the mouth of God. The name above all names. You think Zacchaeus went out on a limb (laughs) this day when he climbed the tree looking for Jesus? No, it wasn't Zacchaeus that was going out on a limb because a couple days later, Jesus climbed the tree. Jesus went out on a limb, and he hung on that limb, and he was humiliated on that limb. He became poor and naked and abandoned and disowned on that limb. And guess what? Unlike Zacchaeus, there was nobody to tell Jesus, come down. The Father held him up there. It was the Father that held Jesus up there. Not just your sins and my sins. Yes, it caused it, but it was the Father that crucified his Son. And why did the Father slay his son? Because we find our riches and we find our worth and we find our definition in everything, in anything but God. What does it mean to be ruined by the glory of God? This is what it means, my friends. There are many things that are ahead of you that will make you feel poor. If you gain weight and you're around all your friends that are in shape, you will feel poor. But the gospel says you are not poor. You are not poor. You are rich in Jesus Christ. If you have trouble having children, that's going to be common. That's probably common in every church. There's just couples who cannot have children or struggle to have children, right? And the world will make you feel poor. Your parents may make you feel poor or like, like there's something disfigured and ugly about you. But don't you believe it for a second. You are not poor. Jesus loves you. Don't be ruined by this world. Be ruined by the love of God. You may be unemployed one day. If you're not, You might be un- unemployed right now. I don't know. And the world will make you feel poor. Don't believe it for a second. You are not poor. You have the riches of Christ. See, when you have a new relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what happens? You have a new relationship with money. When you have a new relationship with Jesus Christ, you have a new relationship with everything else, even yourself. Do you have a new relationship with Jesus Christ? Everybody has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Everybody has a relationship with God. You are either family or you are a foe. There are no frenemies in the kingdom of God. Okay, Nobody's somewhere in the middle. You are either in Christ, or you are not in Christ. You are either going to heaven, or you are going to hell. That's it. You are either righteous, or you are not righteous. Do you have a new relationship with God? How do you know you have a new relationship with God? Because that relationship with God has ruined you. The world does not taste same way anymore I'm not saying after I became a Christian I didn't watch pornography again or I didn't curse again or I didn't I didn't do something stupid again I'm not saying that but here's what I know after I became a Christian it just didn't do it anymore it just didn't do it for me anymore I would go back to my old life but it just couldn't do it anymore only Jesus that's how I knew I was saved I had a new relationship with sin. I had a new relationship with the Word of God. I had a new relationship with money. I had a new relationship with my family. I had a new relationship with myself. All because of a new relationship with God. That's how you know you're saved. If you go back to your old life and you like it even more than you used to, you know what you're saying about the gospel? Ineffective. It's ineffective. The salvation, the work of Jesus Christ is ineffective. But you know, every time I read my Bible, when people meet the real Jesus, game over. And yet the American church and the Crane American church swears. That that are, that the Jesus of the Bible and the Jesus of the church are different, because you met Jesus, I met Jesus, but you know, like we still backslide and you know we still we 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 still mess up, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but why is there such a stark contrast between how people meet Jesus in the Bible and how we meet Jesus in the church? It cannot be the same person. Somebody's lying somebody's lying. Either the Bible's lying or we are lying. Because if we're not ruined by the riches of God's glory, we did not meet Jesus. If we're not willing to lay it all down and love our enemies and love our neighbors as ourselves, if we're not willing to put our money where our mouth is, we didn't meet Jesus. We didn't. We met met a figment of our imagination. We made a God in our image. Did you know that Jesus is Jewish? He's not Swedish. He doesn't have blonde hair. We even forget that. Jesus is a dark Jewish man. And yet we as Korean Americans generally are afraid of darker people, but we gravitate toward lighter people. What is wrong with that? We don't know the God of the Bible. We don't know the Jesus of the Bible. We have created a God, a Jesus in our image. and So we are, we are, we, we are, we are still the same. We can't say, I'll never be the same again. We just stay the same. There's no good news in that. There's no power in that gospel. That is not a gospel at all. I want us to bow our heads. And I want us to... I know it's the last service and... It's it's late. We started a bit late. But I still want to invite you... To trust in Jesus Christ. Not the Jesus you want Him to be. Not the Lord and Savior... You think he should be, but as he really is. I love what Pastor Jay was was saying last night about how your opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you think Jesus is Lord and Savior. You know why? He just is. (laughs) Your opinion doesn't matter. It really doesn't. We take ourselves way too seriously and we think, well, I can make Jesus my Lord and Savior. No, you can't. You can't make Jesus your Lord and Savior. He is Lord and Savior. He is. My opinion doesn't matter. We crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. Did it change Who he really is? No. They mocked the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they put up the placard, the King of the Jews, they mocked him. Did it change the truth? He is the King of the Jews, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Their opinion didn't matter. Pilate's opinion didn't matter. Peter's opinion didn't matter. Judas Iscariot's opinion did not matter. Jesus is Lord. And only those who are ruined by the grace of God say that with unspeakable joy. Jesus is Lord, he is Lord of all, oh my, Jesus is Lord, he is Lord of all. He is Lord of my little life, he is Lord of my bank account, he is Lord of my entertainment, he is Lord of what I wear, he is Lord, he is Lord. He is worthy to be praised you know when you are um, done praying for yourself I do have a prayer request this morning I would like to be vulnerable with you too I am struggling with money lately it has really been um, I've been thinking about money more than Jesus you know, marriage brings with it uh, more expenses, more responsibility, and and more and more accidents. And with our move to Atlanta, I can't help but just keep thinking about how are we going to. How are we going to have enough money to do all this? Please pray for me too. That I would remember how he provided for me. I am such a silly human being. I have spiritual amnesia. Every two steps I forget how he has carried me and how he has been good to me. I forget every two steps, sometimes half step. So please pray for me too, that I would not be a slave to money, that I would not be a slave to a comfortable life, that I would not be a slave to convenience, I will not be a slave to the good enough. But that I will be a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. That I will find my dignity, my wealth, my beauty, my honor, my affirmation and validation and victory in Him, in Him alone. And then my soul will be free. I would really appreciate it if you could pray for me, too. Uh, For those who are still praying for themselves, that's fine. Uh, I want to just give one more invitation to believe in Jesus Christ. He is your Lord and Savior. You just don't know yet. (laughs) He is. He is your Lord and Savior. He is your King and friend. He is your... He is your big brother. He is your treasure. Beauty alone to you. I implore you to give up. to, To give up on yourself, surrender, and look at life. The way Jesus says to look at it. Look at life God's way. And when you look at life God's way, everything is just what it is. Money is just money. Love is just love. Fun is just fun. It's nothing more, nothing less, because Jesus is Lord. And everything else is very little and insignificant compared to him. So until Jesus is Lord, money will be something more than money. Beauty will be something more than beauty. Your job and your career will be more than just a job and a career. It will be the Lord of your life. I'm telling you, if Jesus is not your Lord, then something else would be your Lord. It could be your children. It could be your physique. It could be your friendships. Something else would be the Lord of your life if Jesus is not Lord. But see, Jesus is the only Lord who actually forgives you. Everything else is unforgiving. And cruel. If you fail your job, if you fail your family, if you fail your career, it will not forgive you. It will torture you. But Jesus forgives and Jesus never fails. So I want to invite anyone in this room who has not trusted in Jesus Christ to do so now. Today is the day of salvation. That's what Jesus said about Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this home. For this man, too, is a son of Abraham. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Although we had a late start, Although we are very tired we beg you to revive us to renew our hearts to awaken us from our slumber to remind us that money doesn't make us rich Jesus does money doesn't make me rich it is Christ it is Christ and Lord as we leave this retreat center Something will make us feel poorer than we really are. Something will make us feel small and dumb. May we learn how to preach the gospel to our hearts, to ourselves, so that we would know we are yours. We belong to you. Thank you that even though we have loved all these things that do not love us back, You so loved the world. You gave your son. And even though we crucified your son, he prayed for us and said things like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. When we love things more than you, O God, we know not what we do. Thank you, Father, for sending your only son so that we could be sons and daughters too. It's in your name we pray. Amen.